In a far-off land, a radio show will commence. It's called Your Pet Matters, and tuning in would just make sense. Every Saturday at 10 a.m., relax and unwind. And listen to Dr. T, who has pet advice designed for you and for you alone. Free advice just for helping to keep your furry friend happy and healthy. Tune in to Your Pet Matters, a show underwritten by Progressive Veterinary Care with quality you can't deny. Only on 1077 The Bronx. Okay, good morning and welcome to Your Pet Matters. I'm your host, Michael Dr. T. Tequiwa, and we're coming to you live from our studio at 107.7 The Bronx at Ryder University every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. If you guys happen to miss the show, no worries. Just download our app, WRRC1, and you can listen to our audio files at, at your leisure. Um, I am excited today, and, and I'm doubly excited because I was able to connect with these two today. Um, it was just kind of a fluke. I got an email uh, to my clinic, and I thought the opportunity would arise that we could actually have a great little conversation here. So um, I, I, I'm initially talking to one half of Path 88 Productions, uh, Matt Nothelfer. He is um, a, correct me if I'm wrong, Matt, you're, you're a, a photographer and uh filmographer and you guys are you're coming my way you're coming to the Princeton area because you've done a documentary uh, called Flying Fur about um, Paul Steklensky who actually um, we've had similar um, pilots on the show where he flies pets from kill shelters to their forever homes and I think it's it's a phenomenal thing and I think you know there's there's several organizations that do this Paul Paul is one of them but you guys have created a uh, a documentary about that and and yes. show it in Princeton coming up this Saturday, June 8th. So that's that's phenomenal. I love it. I love yes. it. Yes. Yes oh. to all of the above. <laughs> all of that. <laughs> but Matt, why don't you just give me a little history? What what I do at the initial um start of the show is I actually just the guests give me a little history about, you know, um yourself um and how your your um whatever life changes or whatever um you know fate, whatever has it that led you to meet Paul? Yeah, well, uh, we have been doing video production and film production, uh, myself specifically, for about 30 years, and Alicia for about 10. And we met uh, a while back and uh, ended up getting married. There's some, you know, details that happened in between all that. But uh, nevertheless, we started making films together, right? And over the years, we've made a handful of documentaries. And one day, Alicia was just uh, running an errand, and she happened to spy Paul, mentioned in a rather popular magazine. So she reached out to Paul, and after a handful of months trying to convince him that we might be a good fit to make a documentary, of him and for him, uh, we actually did it. And it turned out really great. And we're super excited that we get to uh, now travel around the country and show it to folks. No, that's great. And just out of curiosity, because I've never, you know, had experience with documentaries, how long did it take in total to put all this together? Oh, let's see, I'd say we filmed for about a month and a half, and then we did the editing for about half a year on and off and in between we continue to do our other jobs and uh, we make uh, our living essentially doing videos for uh, other clients so yeah it just took about seven and a half months roughly wow wow and how long is the actual documentary itself 
We have uh, a couple of versions. Uh, for instance, uh, when we do film festivals, we screen a 36-minute version. Uh, our director's cut is actually 49 minutes. And uh, the one we're showing in Princeton is the festival version. Which is how long is the festival version? 36 minutes. Okay. And so, so what, what's in that 13 minutes? <laughs> a lot of extra scenes, more context. Uh, you get a better sense of, you know, what Paul's doing and why he's doing it. Uh, one of the reasons we try to get it under 40 minutes is because festivals tend to program movies that are short. So that's kind of what we were going for there. However, there is such good material that we didn't want to forget, you know, forget about getting as much in there as we could. So we made a director's cut. That's awesome. That's great. And, and I, I love it. You have a little tagline that I saw on your website called stories about storytellers. And I thought that was a great, great um, little version there. But t tell me about yourself. So how did you get involved in um, photography and videography? I started as a broadcasting student like three decades ago. Uh, my father, um, I have to give him a lot of credit because back in the 80s, he decided to buy a, a video camera for, I don't even know why, he just did. And you know, these things were incredibly expensive for, for a blue collar guy like him to acquire, but he did it and he let us kids run wild with it. It's me and my four brothers. Wow. And uh, he just let us play. And that kind of ignited the, the, the sensibility and making movies, right? So that's kind of how that all began. I have my father to thank for that. You know, and then you kind of develop the craft and you learn, go to school, get a little better at it, hopefully. Um, yeah, and that's kind of how it all began. And your three brothers, are they involved in this at all or did they go different paths? My brothers are on different paths, but they, uh, they're never ones to uh, not offer their opinion. Let's put it that way. <laughs> That's family for you. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's brutal honesty is what you're getting, right? <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. And then um, you, you said that you have a dog, Teddy, right now. Is, is Teddy a rescue or is Teddy uh, purchased from a breeder? Or? Yeah, Teddy's definitely a rescue. Um, as a matter of fact, he makes an appearance in the documentary. Oh, that's awesome. That's mm -hmm. awesome. That's kind of how we met him. Oh, met that's us. great. Yep. That see, I knew there's 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 a lot of um, you know uh, uh, serendipity to all these events that happen oh, yeah. in our lives. Absolutely. Oh, that's great. That's great. And so, is is Paul located where you guys are in California, or did you is is he somewhere across the country? No, Paul's in uh, Pennsylvania, just outside Philadelphia. Ah, uh, Pennsylvania. Um, oh, okay. Which is actually where we are right at the moment. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I didn't know where you were at this point. Okay, no, that's great. Um, and so so. Talk to me about this this process. So you reach out to Paul, and he finally gets convinced that yes, you guys are going to then meet and and start this process. How do you go about doing it? How how did you get him to the point where he was? I, I guess what you want like reality, right? So you don't want him aware of the camera, right? Well, it's impossible not to be aware of uh, the two of us running around with a camera, but at the same time, we try to be as innocuous as possible and just kind of you know part of the environment of what's happening and paul was pretty cool about it all he was more than willing to help us out and our goal was basically to follow him along in one of his missions you know so we had about two and a half weeks to do that with him for his initial miss mission that we did with him and he would just let us you know be a fly on the wall essentially and uh even and again even though we were around he was just pretty 
understanding that we just needed to be there and do our thing and he did his thing. So I think ultimately that worked out really well. That's great. And so, you know, the, the, I, I interviewed a, a pilot in, from New Jersey who did similar things and, and a lot of it was like self-funded. Is, is that what, is that how Paul works as well? It is uh, a lot of self-funding. Yeah. His own money goes into it. A, a ton of his own money goes into it. And you'll find that in a lot of animal rescues, as I'm sure you're well aware. Uh, these people that do it are incredibly passionate, you know, not just the, fi- the flyers, the pilots, but you know, the fosters, uh, behind the scenes, the the folks doing the animal rescuing, pulling animals out of kill shelters and making sure that they find forever homes. It's the dedication that we discovered along the course of making this documentary was really, I mean, it was just astounding, to be quite honest. Yeah, I, I understand where you're coming from. The, 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 you know, it's, it's funny because we always talk about how pets give us unconditional love, but the, but they're the, the actions and the heart of the people involved in shelter is um, is amazing, absolutely amazing. Oh yeah, no doubt about it. And so, so this mission that you went on was it was it fairly local? How far did he have to go for this particular mission? So what Paul typically does is he hops in his plane in southern Pennsylvania and he'll fly down to a rescue organization he works with in Wilson, North Carolina. It's about a two-hour flight. And the reason he does it with uh, these ladies uh, down in Wilson County is because, one, they're incredibly organized um, and they're very well put together group that work with Paul extremely well. Uh, The amount of coordination that these two groups, Paul and Wilson County Humane Society, do together is extremely impressive. And uh, so he'll hop down there, two-hour flight, pick up the dogs, and then it takes him about an hour. Then he'll fly back to Pennsylvania. He'll fly back to New Jersey. He'll fly back to Connecticut. Those are his typical stops where he drops off the rescues. And he essentially helps save these animals, like I said, and gets them to their forever homes. And, and typically, how many pets does he, is he able to carry at a, at a time for remission? Well, I'll give you an example. On our flight, he was taking large dogs. So we were able to get five dogs onto the flight that we covered. Uh, other flights, he'll take smaller dogs. It just kind of depends on what's coming in and out of the, of the shelters at the time. And I think the maximum of number of animals he had on his flight at one time might have been upwards of like 15 Wow. Somewhere, yeah. So he'll pack, he'll pack his plane as full as he possibly can because he wants to get as many animals out of uh, North Carolina and uh, up north into forever homes as, as much as he can. That, that's amazing. And, and the, the biggest thing for me was um, understanding that I understand that fuel, aviation fuel prices are incredibly um, costly. Yep. And, and so, so did you get any um, idea how much like per flight it's really running? to do something like this? Um, like a bottom line number, I probably couldn't tell you exactly, but it's it's uh, a round trip is like a little more than 500, I think. Yeah, and it depends on where he's going to destination-wise, like if he goes all the way up to Connecticut or not. Um, sometimes he'll just go to Southern Pennsylvania um, when he drops off the animal. So yeah, it kind of varies, but usually upwards of 500 bucks easy. Wow, and it's so it's five hundred bucks for that alone. It's your it's the time you take and all yeah. the time it takes to organize it and communicate because he has to organize with the people that he's delivering to as well, right? Absolutely. I mean, we're talking about four hours of flight time and about I don't know 
10 times the amount of, of effort and time to uh, save these dogs before and after they're delivered. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's all around. It's just a huge effort from everyone involved. That's amazing. Totally amazing. Well, what we'll do is we'll take a short break right now and then we'll come back and I would like, love to talk to the other half of Path 88 Productions. I'll talk to Alicia um, and maybe Teddy too <laughs> after this, but we'll take a short break. You're listening to Your Pet Matters on 1077, 1077thebronc.com. Hear ye, hear ye. Your Pet Matters is back to answer your pet queries. Come get free pet advice from our friend, Dr. T, only on 1077 The Bronx. Welcome back. If you're just joining me, I've been I've had a wonderful discussion with one half of Path 88 Productions. They are they are screening a documentary they put together um, about a pilot who donates his time, uh, Mr. Paul Steklensky, who basically donates his time and energy and coordinates with a rescue group, a kill shelter rescue group in North Carolina and brings dogs that are on potentially death row out to their forever homes in my neck of the woods, which is Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Connecticut area. And um, it's called Flying Fur, and, and it's going to be screened Saturday, June 8th, um, right here in the Princeton area. And so both Matt and Alicia have been traveling, I guess, eastwards um, on their journey of, of showing the film. And, and I talked to Matt about his history, um, how he got into the video production and how we met Paul and and meanwhile um his other half Alicia was walking their dog <laughs> so now Alicia's back um and so Alicia welcome to the show and, and I'd love to talk to you about how you got into this sort of production um and if you could tell me how Teddy came into your life yeah, definitely. Well, thanks for having us, you know, on your show. And um, basically, my background is graphic design and photography. So I've always loved, you know, visual media and telling stories that way. And um, when Matt and I partnered up, we said, hey, you know what, we've got, you know, the skill set, let's put it together. And let's like create some stories that we can really share with people that make a difference. So um, that's, that's how I kind of got into the storytelling. That's awesome. That's awesome. And then, so how, how did, how did Teddy come into your life? So Teddy came into our life fairly recently when we were shooting for Flying Fur. We met him. He was on one of the rescue flights. He came up from South Carolina in Lexington. He was basically found as a stray and he had some severe ear infections. Tumors. Tumors, as a matter of fact. Mm. Yeah. There was, um, you know, he was really close to being put down. A rescue stepped up for him in Connecticut. Um, and with their help and the help of Paul, who shared his post, they were able to raise the money to get him a surgery. So he was put on the flight that Paul took him. Um, Paul flew him to Connecticut. And basically, two days later, he had the procedure. Um, so that's where we met him. We followed up with him for the story. And when we went back to California, we just kind of kept checking in with the rescue periodically. And the house, Teddy, you know, this dog kind of grew on his Teddy. Okay. Is Teddy, you know, what's going on with Teddy? And, you know, the rescue said that he really hadn't had anybody step up to adopt him. And, you know, he just left such an impression on us that we, you know, we said, look, Let's let's just do this. Let's let's see if we can 
you know, make them a part of our family. And so we did, you know, we talked to the rescue animals, our family in Connecticut, and, you know, they're amazing. They, you know, they do so much for even the toughest cases. And, uh, and he was one of the toughest cases. Too. He was yeah, definitely a tough case. Yeah, he barely made it out alive. Oh, man. Describe, what breed is Teddy? What is Teddy? Teddy's a mix. He's a little bit of the best of everything, you know? He's a lab. He's maybe a hound. He's a little pity. He's just the most beautiful dog you've ever seen. He's got two different color eyes. Oh, He's awesome. got just the personality of an old sage sitting on a mountaintop somewhere. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'll take, I'll take that. That is he also crazy. has his own website. Oh, yeah, oh, he also great. has his own website <laughs> and Facebook page, we should say. <laughs> oh, okay, I'll, I'll make sure I, I like that. I already did your Path 88 production. Okay, I'll check out Teddy. But that, that's great. And so, so it, it was this, this wiseness that, that, that drew you to him? I think so, yeah. you know, and, and just this, this kind of acceptance of everybody and this will to live yeah. and just this forgiveness that he had, you know, he's had kind of a tough time of it, but he just embraced everybody and everything that came at him. Still does. That is so cool. And he, I guess he travels well, right? You guys have been traveling with him. You, you, you had, so how did he get from, did you come to Connecticut to pick him up or did he get taken out to California where you guys are? No, we came to get him, and then we drove him cross-country. I think Teddy's been to something like, at this point, 25 states. Oh, know. that is so cool. Thousands of miles, that's Thousands for sure. of miles. Oh, man. And how old is he? Best guess is about three. Okay, okay. Yeah. So lots of life left in him. Lots of traveling left in him. That's great. You got it. <laughs> You'll have to meet him. Oh, yeah. I, w I would love to. I would absolutely love to. And I was, I was trying to figure out a way, you know, like – um, I was trying to figure out a way that we could physically meet, but we'll we'll talk about that after the show and the, and go from there. But um, so sounds so you, good. You meet Teddy. So so why don't you guys describe? You know, you, and I understand that we talk about the people that work in rescue. So if you had to describe Paul, what what would you say about Paul? What sort of descriptive parameters would you would you give about Paul? I would say he's extremely dedicated. I think that. I am always very impressed with the fact that when he sets his mind to doing something, it gets done. You know, some people talk the talk, but Paul walks the walk. Yeah, for sure. The walking part is super important for Paul. Um, he'd rather do the walking than the talking. Yeah. And that's a very impressive, especially when you see it in action and you see the level of dedication that's involved. It's amazing. And out of curious, what does he do for a living? He's in IT. <laughs> yep, that's right. Does a lot of uh, computer stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. And flying was a, I guess, a, a passion and a hobby for him, and then he's combined that with the with the rescue. Yeah, weirdly enough, uh, flying was just kind of a casual interest. And once he got his pilot's license, then he kind of stepped back and said, "What am What am I really going to do with this thing?" And why do I even have it? So he was introspective about it. Mm -hmm. And at that point, he was also adopting uh, another rescue dog himself. And uh, Tessa was his uh, uh, dog that he was adopting. And Tessa was changing his life uh, just day to day at the same time he had that license. So he kind of decided that doing for others what Tessa did for him might be what he could do with his pilot's license. In oh, other words, man. be yeah. that transport person to help save these animals and to maybe help change other people's lives. 
that's that's phenomenal i love i love stuff like that and and how how would you guys describe the the you know you said that the north carolina um society he may say it was incredibly organized so how would you describe that sort of operation how big is it you know that operation is four ladies that will not stop no they're and crazy. it's a group of fosters and a network of volunteers that no matter what time of day it is mm. they will step up and they will not stop until they have at least a temporary foster um, a rescue lined up for these animals if they could they would pull every single dog and cat from that shelter and i think they actually do they do from time <laughs> to time yes yeah they, they'll, they'll empty those shelters out from time to time. That's how much hard work they put into it. And just to give you an idea, we were there shooting and filming uh, for over a week. And I mean, one night we were up to like 2.30 in the morning as they were transporting dogs on, um, you know, these vans that were saving the animals in the middle of the night. So, oh my God. Yeah. And then they, of course, they get up at five in the morning, go to work, do their regular jobs and then keep you know, keep going at it afterwards. So again, the, the level of dedication, I can't articulate enough. It's, it's staggering, really. Yeah. And, so and, it's, it, and it's professional too. Yeah. And so pr prior to doing this documentary, you, you guys really never had that much experience dealing with shelters or, or rescue groups. Is that correct? No. I mean, I honestly, Matt and I talk about it and we said, you know, when we found out about Paul, we thought we were going to be making, you know, maybe a 15 minute personal profile about a guy who does something great for this world. We had no idea the education that we were about to get. And that's that's kind of the catalyst for, you know, moving this thing forward is like we got educated. There's so much to tell to everybody else. Oh, that's great. I, I love stuff like that where, you, where your perception of what it is it, and the reality are completely different things. And it just balloons into something phenomenal. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Which is one of the reasons we want people to come to see the film. Right. Because you might ha have like a slight intellectual understanding of what actually happens to get these animals from one place to the other and save their lives. But until you see the why, until you see the passion and emotion of the people that make this happen and they do it on a daily basis, so, you know, they'll do one mission and they'll turn around and they'll start the next mission and then they'll start the next one. It's just so incredible. Yeah. And just opening your eyes up to, you know, the you know, what happens in different parts of even our country, you know, just because you live in California or New York, you know, we have a different animal culture than, you know, other places do. And I didn't know that until yeah. we did this film. Yeah. And, it, and it's interesting. Um, there's a local author, Jackie Skoll, who wrote a book because in, in my neck of the woods, we have a lot of capability to do low-cost low spay-neuter, but down south, it's, it's much more difficult, which is why there's a lot of influx from, from those rescue pets to our neck of the woods. And that was an eye-opening experience to me because I just assumed everyone had a, every state had a low-cost um, spay-neuter program developed and stuff. Yeah, so, North Carolina doesn't have any spay or neuter programs. Yeah, it's unreal when you think about that and talk about that, right? It just blows yeah. my mind. Yeah. It well, really does. Well, that's phenomenal. So what we'll do is we'll take another short break. And what I'd like to do is why don't we talk about where you want to see your film going and, and what sort of um, um, impact you want that film to have. But we'll, we'll take a short break right now and we'll come back talking to Matt and Alicia, having a wonderful discussion about their documentary film, Flying Fur. You're listening to Your Pet Matters on 1077, 1077, thebronc.com.
Every weekend, you'll find a project to get involved with. And sometimes, it'll include your scaly or furry partner in crime. From Your Pet Matters with Dr. T, it's time for Producer's Pet Project. Your go-to for pet news, recall alerts, adoption services, and overall helpful tips and tricks to keep your best friend happy and healthy. Producer's Pet Project is underwritten in part by Progressive Veterinary Care. Hello everyone, I hope you're enjoying this episode of Your Pet Matters. I'm your producer, Wade Buchanan, and today, I kind of just want to give a little special episode to talk about my cat, Sadie. Uh, over the past week, I've been taking care of her while my dad and his girlfriend enjoyed the sandy beaches of Virginia Beach. So, I kind of want to just get into the process of how it was taking care of her, some of the preferences that she likes, uh, some funny stories that have occurred over the weeks, um, but ultimately just kind of give a brief summary and hopefully some insight on the life of taking care of a cat. So for those of you who um, don't know, Sadie is my dad and girlfriend's cat, and she's kind of um, adventurous as we would say. She's always off somewhere. She's always doing her own thing, and uh, you kind of just leave her to do her, uh, to create her own devices. And this past week has been nothing but the same of that. Um, she's always just kind of chilling in the shade, especially on these hot days, um, and just really taking in <laughs> all the nothing that she loves doing. Um, during the nighttime, uh, so around uh, this time while I'm recording, um, she gets very hyper because she's been sleeping all day. So she gets hyper and she wants to move around and play and she wants to do all this stuff. Meanwhile, <laughs> I'm tired and I just want to go to bed. But, you know, I kind of give the little attention to be like, hey, how's it going? You know, pet her, calm her down a little bit. Of course, she's still going to be, you know, bouncing off the walls, but uh, just to kind of give her the small attention might calm her down a little bit. Um, yeah, so I also uh, feed her twice a day with uh, half cans of wet food and then she always has a constant supply of dry food going in um, always make sure half a bowl is filled um, same thing with the water I refill the water daily because um, you have to just make sure that the cat is well nourished because she <laughs> Sadie will let you know if she is hungry or displeased yeah she talks Quite a bit. <laughs> um, she mostly meows when you're um, just waking up so she can get food. Um, she, when you're coming back home just to kind of greet you and be like, where have my cuddles been? <laughs> so yeah, Sadie's a whole different, whole different situation when it comes to that kind of stuff. Um, but besides that, um, she unfortunately came down with an ear infection before um, my dad and his girlfriend left so they entrusted me with the responsibility of putting eardrops 
into her ears and she does not like them in the slightest bit so um, I pretty much every single morning around 11 or so um, I have a hoodie and I have to hold her to make sure she doesn't you know squirm or kind of just like you know, wriggle around while I put these eardrops that absolutely bug her um, into her ears and then she goes and hides off in the closet she's not happy with me at all she kind of just gives me the side eye for the rest of the day and then I feed her and everything's fine um, but yeah uh, also with the summer rolling around I have um, a job that I work so um, I always try to leave her with the um, most supplies that I can give her so I always try to leave food on her plate I always try to leave food in her bowl make sure she has water um, kind of give her some attention before I leave so that she doesn't you know feel alone or have any separation anxiety until I get back so I always try to make sure that she's in the most comfortable position before I leave so that she can kind of just do her own thing until I get back um, I have to make sure her litter box is clean because she has to be in a uh, nice sanitary environment. Otherwise, um, things might go awry. So we always try to make sure that she's well cared and well taken care of. Um, I give her treats after the uh, eardrops as kind of just like, a, hey, good job, you kind of... <laughs> You, you went through this, or you got through it, and it always seems to uh, warm her heart a little bit. So, yeah, it's kind of just been that for the most part, and uh, that seems all the time I have for this episode. So tune in next time, where I give you more tips, tricks, and just overall facts on how to keep your furry friend happy, healthy, and safe. Till then, back to Dr. T and your pet matters. I'm your producer, Wade Buchanan, and I will see you all in the next one. Stay safe, everybody. That was today's segment of Producer's Pet Project, your one stop for all things pet news, recall alerts, adoption services, and more. Be sure to tune in next time, and for a more in-depth conversation, listen to Your Pet Matters with Dr. T every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Producer's Pet Project is underwritten in part by Progressive Veterinary Care, only on 107.7 The Bronx. Hear ye, hear ye! Your Pet Matters is back to answer your pet queries. Come get free pet advice from our friend, Dr. T, only on 1077 The Bronx. Are promoting this documentary, and, and they're promoting in the sense that they, they made this documentary about, uh, uh, he's not really a pilot, he's piloted by hobby and passion, um, Paul, Paul Steklensky, who actually flies pets from kill shelters up to my neck of the woods so they can find their forever home. And he's doing this all out of the goodness of his heart. He's got to organize two organizations, three organizations that he's, he's involved with that um, get new homes for these pets. And so um, Matt and Alicia reached out to him and, and, and wanted to just talk about him. And it turned into a whole documentary about the whole process. And they're going to show their film Saturday, June 8th um, in my neck of the woods in the Princeton area. And, 
come out and see it. Come out and learn about rescue. Come out and learn about what individuals can do and the impact an individual can do for rescue pets. And so, you know, Matt, we, we talked during the break that you really wanted to make sure that people get the message across. And, and um, what sort of message do you want people to leave the, the, the theater with? I think the message that people should leave the theater with is that there are folks out there doing their best to help save animals' lives and that they are touched by the story in such a way that they want to be part of it somehow. Uh, a small part, a medium-sized part, a huge part, it doesn't matter. As long as they want to help, as long as they want to do something about the situation, uh, maybe initialize an adoption, you know, take a new pet into your house, uh, become, have it become a member of the family, change your life, change its life. Uh, anything and everything that would basically come about and affect something in a positive way. That would be, that would be our ideal. Absolutely. And, and so far for the screenings, what sort of, um, when, when you look at the audience leaving the, the, the theater, what kind of, what kind of response? You get a lot of tears and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think some of our favorite, because we always do a Q&A after the screening, oh, awesome. okay. and we get some really good questions. And honestly, I think that's the favorite part for both of us, because yeah. some of the questions that people are answering, or excuse me, asking, are exactly the questions that we want to have a dialogue and a conversation about. What can I do? Where Where is this happening? I can't believe there's no spay and neuter laws. I didn't know that. You know, so this is this is the message that and the questions that are being asked that we want to be asked. That's great. That, that is phenomenal. And so, so it's, it's clearly making a huge impact. And, and uh, you know, when you're always dealing with pets, you can make a huge impact. <laughs> but but the, the fact that you're dealing with shelter pets is phenomenal. Yeah, and I think as, as the people watch the film and they get connected to the characters in the story, not only the animals, but the people that are saving the animals, um, it, it really becomes a touching kind of uh, inspirational story uh, halfway through and then towards the end. And we've gotten a lot of great feedback uh, from people that are very uh, impressed with the film and enamored with it. And that's why uh, we're super excited when they start asking questions afterwards, like how can I help and what can I do to make a difference? Man, that's just, when we hear things like that, it makes it all worth it. Mm -hmm. And, and has Paul been privy to this? Has Paul been part of this? He has. You know, we've worked with him along the way. He's coming to as many of the screenings as he can. As He'll be there fact. on Saturday. Um, he, you know, he wants to see this happen, not just his story, but he wants the whole story to be told, you know, because it is, it's not just about one person who flies or one person that pulls somebody from the shelter. It is really a team of people that do this and they do it together and they can't do it alone. Actually, they can't do it alone. No, there's no way. Yeah. They need each other. Yep. And it's, it's and it, what's, what's his response to this? Like, is, is he blown away by certain things? Like, you know, you came into this with uh, a perception of what it was like, and you're blown away by what the reality of the situation is, an eye-opening experience, but in the reverse. So he, yeah. he's right in the thick of things. And then he's seeing, you guys are putting this in a, in a hard copy format for him, and then people are having responses. How, how is Paul responding to these people's response? 
Well, I think I can pretty much quote Paul on this. He says, look, I'm just a guy who wants to do something and all this other stuff just happened. You know, he, all of this is just, maybe it helps him to continue to do what he does, but he's not doing it for anybody. He's doing it to save the dogs. Yeah, and that's really humble. it. Yeah, yeah, he's very, very humble about the entire thing. He's blown away by all the attention that he's gotten. Yeah, at the same time, when he when he has been to a few of the screenings and he sees, uh, you know, what type of impact that his story is having for other people, uh, I think he does take that to heart for sure. And he said he said as much. Yeah, I, I think know. I think I've seen a tear or two run yes. down his face too. <laughs> he still gets awesome. choked up. He does get choked up. Yeah. Oh wow! It's hard not to. Mm-hmm. And, and and prior to this whole process, did you did you guys? Um, the question that's going through my mind is, and from my perspective, is there's so many pets that need adoption that, you know, I'm I'm forever posting like adopt, you know, don't buy, adopt, and everything like that. What is your guys' take on all of this? Well, of course, yeah, absolutely. Uh, save a save a dog, rescue a dog, adopt a rescue dog. <laughs> no question. <laughs> I mean, we. How, how could we say anything different? I mean, we have to testify that it's one of the greatest things that can happen to to you. I mean, we have Teddy and we've had him now for six months and uh, it's changed our lives and only for the better. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's such a cool dude. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at him right now. He's just hanging out. <laughs> what's, what's he doing right now? He's just sitting wisely. Scratching Observing his, yeah. the world <laughs> while scratching. <laughs> that is so cool. Did, did, did you happen to know, just out of curiosity, from a medical standpoint, what sort of tumors were in his ears? Um, well, they ended up being uh, benign, uh, but it was okay. basically caused by extreme infection. Uh, he's a white coat dog, so okay. um, he had those tendencies to uh, be prone to those types of infections, and he was just neglected for yeah. such a long time. His ears were basically standing straight up because there was so much uh, you know, tissue, tissue growth. Uh, it, and it smelled so bad. Oh my goodness, it was horrible. Yeah. And um, yeah, I was surprised that uh, he made it through the operation, to be honest. Wow. The surgery that he had was called the Tika surgery. So oh, yeah, yep, yep. Little yep. ear canal ablation. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. He, has, he has no ear canals. He's got little little openings, right? Little openings in the... Uh, no, no, it's completely sutured closed. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yep. No, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. But you could never tell. You can never tell he's, he, you know... He acts totally normal. He acts totally normal. Yeah. You, you wouldn't know he's deaf. That's that's so funny because we, we usually resort that to Cocker Spaniels and that can get those those types of things. So the fact that he's a big guy, yeah, that that is definitely a neglect type of situation. Wow. And the, the pain affiliated with that? Oh, my yes. God. Oh yeah, his his uh, pain tolerance is uh, pretty amazing. And, um, you know, even though when we met him, he had like this incredible infection in his head, he would still just come right up to put his head in in your lap and let you pet him. It was, it was really amazing. Everyone that met Teddy when he was still sick was uh, completely blown away by uh, how nice and just calm that he was knowing that he was just suffering so badly. Yeah. yeah, but that's what was so inspiring about it. And I think a lot of these animals are the same way. Yeah. You know, they they go through so much and they'll still smile. You know, if a dog can smile, they'll still they'll still they're always so happy. They're happy, you know, and they they go through a lot. And you know, Paul says it in one of the clips in the movies, like they go through so much, they forgive and they just move on and they just they forget the bad. Yep. 
Yep. Dog dogs live for the moment and they always forgive. Yep. Yep. That that's that's phenomenal. That's phenomenal. Good lessons. Absolutely. What's what's the funniest thing that Teddy has done? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Well, Do you have another hour? <laughs> one, of, one of the things he's really good at is just tearing into stuff. So oh, yeah. we had his uh, his rescue host come by uh, at one of the screenings and give Teddy a little uh, stuffed monkey. And so she handed it off to him, and he's real proud. He had it in his mouth. She turned around, went back uh, to run a short errand, came back in 30 seconds. Teddy had ripped the entire thing apart. It was just sprawled, this monkey carcass all over the sidewalk, stuffing everywhere. It was it was kind of funny. It was. It was supposed to be a sweet reunion, but, but it was. Yeah, Teddy just went to town. Yeah. He's really good at that. Yeah. I think that's the pity in him. Yeah, I think Absolutely. so. I think so. Oh, that that's great. That's great. Well, you know what, guys? The, the time's up for the show. Um, it was really, really great talking to you guys. I think that, you know, I'm so happy to have uh, connected with you. And I think that your documentary is going to be a big hit and, and it's going to help make an impact and it's going to help save more dogs' lives. And, and I'm blown away that Paul is so humble about things. And it, it, when he said he's driven and he just, he acts, it's just everything you've, you've said about him is just blows my mind i think that people like him are, are you know both two things people like him and people like you are changing the world and i think that's phenomenal and i thank you for that oh well, thank you and and really if if anyone out there wants to see it it's at the garden theater at 10 a.m on saturdays so you know come check it out see a really wonderful story yeah and we want to thank you for you know having this discussion with us because you know the more people that hear it and listen to it and then say hey i didn't know that you know that's the best question that we like to have because then we can give you the answer absolutely and it's, it's my pleasure and i'll do what i can to um actually spread it through social media whatever means i have thank and you, uh you. then we'll move forward so after princeton where's the, where's the next stop Where's the next stop after Princeton? <laughs> so much on the calendar right now. Uh, is it Vermont? Well, it's UK, right? You go to the UK, is that right? Well, the oh, film yeah, yeah. goes there. We don't go there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, that'd be great. You could go there. Paul's okay. actually going to that yeah, one. Yeah, Paul's going to the one in uh, Ramsgate, uh, and that's in Kent of the United Kingdom. Yeah, and then we've wow. got Australia coming up, another international one, and then we'll be spending a lot of time this summer um, up and down New England. Yep. And oh, okay. Some more in, in uh, New Jersey, possibly. So, yeah, we'll see okay. what happens. We're trying to put it all together as we go. Yeah, oh, that's fine. We're updating the schedule all the time. That's great. And if we don't get to connect uh, this week, let's connect some other time. Let's keep in contact, and I'll, I'll follow you guys and, and see how. Absolutely, absolutely. We love and, that. And and, and I, I suspect there's going to be some more pet related um, um, productions in the future as well, right? Whether it's Teddy or someone else. Met, yes. <laughs> Documentaries. <laughs> that's awesome well thanks so much guys thanks for speaking to me thank you thank you and remember everyone love your pet like they love you unconditionally have a great day your pet matters with dr t comes to a close yet fret not if you missed the 10 a.m saturday show tune in monday morning at nine if you please and hear free advice for all your dog and cat needs you can find past episodes on the Your Pet Matters podcast or go to 1077thebronc.com slash yourpetmatters. Made for you and your pets. 1077 The Bronx is beyond compare. Your Pet Matters is underwritten by Progressive Veterinary Care.